0: This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. When you're tired, you don't do as well and not as sharp. Some actual hospital charts that are written in you. Of course, those of you who work in the hospitals know, if you're a nurse, you're often working long hours if you're an intern. So sometimes when people get tired and sleepy, they write really different things. Like this one says, the patient refused autopsy. That's a good idea. Uh, patient recovering from forehead cut. Patient became very angry when given an enema by mistake. <laughs> Boy, there'd have been a fight with that one, I promise you that. On the second day the knee was better and on the third day it disappeared. The old disappearing knee thing. The patient is tearful and crying constantly. She also appears to be depressed. There's brilliance. She. Uh, This says, she is numb from her toes down. (laughs) This one says, while in ER, she was examined, X-rated, and sent home. Rectal examination revealed a normal-sized thyroid. (laughs) Well, that's a different route, isn't it? (laughs) She stated she'd been constipated for most of her life until she got a divorce. And then the last one is patient has two teenage children but no other abnormalities <laughs> so when you're when you're tired you're not yourself when you're tired and weary but the thing about it is we all get tired we all get weary and so what, what do you do when so i'll do a series called "When." Tonight, this morning i want to talk about the wind when. when do you what happens when you feel weary in life now things can it's not an if it's it's when things can you go through difficult times difficult, as a family As an individual, you can go through difficult times and and you know that can wear you down. And that's not just the difficult times, just the regular grind of life can wear you down. You know, Joy and I laugh about Hallmark when we watch it because in Hallmark, you ever notice, no one ever really works a real job and you never see them like laying around in their you know, sweatpants and just chilling or just paying bills or exhausted. or No, they always look really beautiful and perky. And Joyce says they wake up with their makeup on and they're, they're amazing. And so that's hallmark. That's not real life. Real life is, there's just a routine to it. And sometimes that grind can absolutely wear you down. A lady says she was in church one day and they were, they were singing. She had her five-year-old with her. And she said they were singing the hymn, I exalt thee, I exalt thee, I exalt thee, O oh Lord. She looked down, her little five-year-old had her, hands raised up, singing, I'm exhausted, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm exhausted, oh Lord. So it happens. And then, you know, there's another thing that can actually wear on you is, is when you feel like you're not making any progress, when you feel like you're stuck in life, and, then, and you just seem to have lost a sense of vision, that can probably pull more out of you than anything else. In, in 18, 1840s in Ireland, they had the potato famine that absolutely just tanked their, their economy, Thousands of men were out of work. And the British, not knowing what to do, decided that they wanted to give them something to do. And so, because the economy wasn't provided, they developed these work plans. And they put men to work building roads. And at first, these Irishmen were so excited to be building roads. They were singing. They were working with enthusiasm. They weren't making much money, but they were doing something. But then they noticed that the roads would go off into a peat bog and just disappear. Or the roads would go up a hill and never connect with anything. And after a while, these men figured out that there was absolutely no purpose to these roads. They were just building something to be building something. And as they did that, one historian noted that the songs diminished, the energy level decreased. And they said this, roads to nowhere are hard to build. Our Heavenly Father who made us, our Creator, He knows about life. He's the inventor of life. And so he understands that we can go through some of these times. And so he gives us some solutions about what to do when we get weary. In Hebrews, it says, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Now this was written to... Uh, believers who, at that time, were going undergoing a lot of cultural pressure. Uh, they were getting pressure from these are these are typically Jewish believers who would receive Jesus as their Messiah, and so the, the Jewish culture was was against them. There was a lot of pressure on them, and so these these men and women were undergoing a lot of, of pressure, a lot of heat. And so the writer was encouraging them, "Don't don't throw away your confidence." Now he's also writing to people who are on the right path now. Just to note that if when you're on the path that God designed, it's not as tiring. But when we veer off that path and you get on the path, you're doing things that God never designed for you to do. That's what the Bible calls sin. And I think sometimes people go, oh, Alan, sin, I I don't sin. I haven't haven't murdered anybody. I haven't ripped anybody off. And a, a grateful society thanks you for that. But the bottom line is there's so many other things. And God's designed that we don't live in bitterness and anger and unforgiveness and strife. And so by staying on God's path, it's a a lot better. Joy and I got, years ago, we're hiking in the mountains, and Joy decided she wanted to lead. And I, this was being gracious as a husband, like I normally am, and, uh, (coughs) excuse me, I was a cough because I'm lying, and uh, (laughs) I let her go, and... And uh, I noticed that we were on this, this nice path, but then the path started getting narrow, and there were tree branches and things smacking us in the face, and it was hard to see the path. And the last thing I noticed is I was trying to push Joy up on our hands and knees to crawl on this muddy, slippery path, and we wound up in a parking lot of a rock quarry. And I'm like, in the... and I looked down and said, I know where we are. We're way off the path. But I noticed that when we were way off the path, it's tiring, and it wears you down. So staying on the path that God designed for us is, is uh, well, it's, it's, it's a lot better. You say, well, Alan, I've been on the wrong path for a long time, what do I do? Well, the Bible said if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all the righteous. Don't just sit down and cry, get back on the right path. Joy and I didn't stay in the rock quarry parking lot. We went back, found the right path, and guess who leads now whenever we go hiking? That would that would be me. But then the writer was also encouraging These Christians, he said, don't just stay on the right path. He said, run with endurance. The tendency to quit comes especially when you're weary. He said, if you'll you'll run, if you you won't quit, it's after you've done the will of God. He said, you might receive his promises, his goodness, his faithfulness. So Encouraging people, don't quit when you hit hard times is one of the best things we can do. The Lord knew we, we would hit hard times, and so he's encouraging people to keep going, to keep at it. In uh, 2015, in in Washington, D.C., a young man named Jason Cannon, who had quit a lot of things in life and was so frustrated by life, he said, you know what, he said, we ought to have a support group for people who want to quit. And someone said, that's a great idea. So Jason went on a social media site, website, I think it's called Meetup, and he posted Quitters Club for those of us who want to give up on their dreams. And uh, he thought, big joke. 48 hours, 35 people had signed up. And when they all got together to meet, he said, for two hours, individuals just stood up and began to talk about dreams that they had had wanted to pursue and things that they were gonna do. But he said, here was the ironic thing. Instead of everyone encouraging everyone to quit, everyone encouraged everyone to keep up and keep pursuing their dreams. There's something on the inside of us that says, I don't wanna quit, I don't wanna give up, I wanna keep going and that's a godly trait because God said, don't throw away your confidence, don't throw away your confidence in God, it's got a great reward if you'll hang in there. And here's one of the beautiful things about Christianity. One of the beautiful things about Christianity is we have a Savior who understands. Someone who understands the weariness that we can go through. In Hebrews, it says this about Jesus, interesting verse, for we do not have a high priest who is referring to Jesus, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Now, that's a, a great thought. Some people have put Jesus in the category where he never had any pain, any problems, any difficulty going on. Actually, the Bible said he can understand our weaknesses because he was not only the Son of God, he was the Son of Man. And he, under, he understands humanity, which makes Christianity such a wonderful thing that God would come to earth as a man and relate to us. And so we see that Jesus actually got to our going to a quick story for you. Let's look at this in, in John. Now he, Jesus, had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When the Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, "Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. Now I read that and I thought, wow, Jesus got tired. I think some people think that Jesus just kind of floated his way through life with a halo. But it said he was tired from the journey. So that, that he's tired and he, and he sat down. He, he was tired, so he sat down at a place to rest. Now, he sat down at an interesting place because the wells at, at that day were, were like rest stops, like buckies without the food. So they would, he stopped at, at, at this well and he, and he sat down at a place where he could get refreshment, he could get hydrated, he could get water. You say, Alan, this is so natural. Yeah, exactly. Jesus was tired, but he wouldn't sit out in the desert. He sat by a well. And his disciples went into town to see if they could scrounge up some of those Popeye's uh, fried chicken sandwiches. And so they were, he's sitting there waiting for them to come back. And and a lady lady comes and and he asks her for a drink. Now, this is interesting. We see where Jesus is tired We see that Jesus needed to eat, needed to drink. But we also see something that that is in this story that says that Jesus had something about him that, that, that kept him going even when he was tired. He engaged in conversation. It's actually, it's a long story in John chapter four. He engages in conversation with this lady and he begins to talk. And all of a sudden the conversation goes spiritual. And and Jesus looks at her and says, go call your husband and come here. And she said, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, no, you're right. You you don't have, he said, you've had five and the one you had now is not your husband. You know, you you could, he obviously did not say that with a, a demeaning tone because she kept talking to him. She said, well, I guess you're a prophet. And she began to discuss where people should worship. And he finally, he stopped and he said, lady, he said, listen, God is spirit and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And this little lady, five husbands, living with a guy that was not her husband, she looked at him, she said, I know that when Messiah comes, he's gonna be able to tell us things. And Jesus, the only time you saw him do this, looked at this lady and said, lady, the one, the one who speaks to you, I am he. And revealed himself. I love the fact that even though Jesus was tired, he was still willing to engage and reach out to a lady with a, with a hungry heart and a shaky life. And when his disciples came back, they said, Lord, we, 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 we brought food. And he said, why are you? They couldn't understand. Why, why is Jesus talking with the lady? See, Jews and Samaritans did not talk and Jewish men did not talk to Samaritan women. And, and Jesus is, he said, why is he talking with this lady they're asking themselves that and then Jesus began to say something he said I've got said, I've got food John go ahead and put it up carry on this he said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work don't you have a saying it's still four months until the harvest I tell you open your eyes and look at the fields they're ripe for harvest these guys had come back they brought sandwiches they're like look Jesus Popeyes was out but we have Chick-fil-A look we're gonna we're gonna eat And he said, I have food to eat that you don't know of. And they're like, well, who brought him food? He said, I've got food. I've got something that fills me. And what fills me and nourishes me is not just natural food. It's having a vision to reach people. He said, stop looking around saying the harvest will come. He said, the harvest is now and it's white. And he had a heart for people that drove him past the weariness in his life. What do you do when you're weary? Let me just give you a practical one. I I call them the three ups. Rest up, nourish up, look up. Rest up, don't give up. Listen, when you get tired, that is not the time to throw away your confidence. That is not the time to throw away your living for God. That is not the time to give in. And sometimes you get tired and and I realize you're like, man, I'm so tired. I, I I just feel like giving up. No, 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 that's not the time to do it. When you get tired, sometimes you just simply need to take a a rest. Take a a temporary pause. A temporary pause in your schedule. You know, Jesus rested by a well. He didn't live there. A temporary pause means that, hey, I'm going to break my schedule just for a little bit. I'm going to get some extra rest. I uh, I had a boss, my very first boss, when I worked for Wrangler Jeans. I would sit in his office with him. He officed out of his home. He was a sales sales manager, and I would listen to phone calls that would come in. He, he got off a phone call one time and he hung up the phone. He looked at me, he said, Alan, let me tell you something. He said, In sales, you're gonna go through some hard times and some hard weeks. He said, Do not call me and quit. He said, Take a Friday off, go to the beach, put your toes in the sand. He said, spend a long weekend. He said, and come back on Monday with a different perspective. And I thought that was one of the greatest advice I ever got. Sometimes when you're tired, you just feel like I'm I'm going to quit. Listen, when you get tired, don't feel like you have to quit. Rest up. Now rest is temporary. I know some people have been resting since 2007. That That is way too long. Rest is temporary. But, but rest up, change your schedule a little bit. Joy and I sometimes will talk to one another and you can just tell when we, when we get tired and sometimes we'll just look at one another and go, no talk. I, I, I'm just going, I'm going to bed early. Sometimes I look at Joy and Joy, I look at you and I say, honey, let's go to bed, let's go to sleep. Because in the morning you feel better and in the morning things look better. Now when Joy sees me tired, she looks at me, she'll walk home, she'll smile. She said, you need to take a nice pill. They don't make nice pills. And so going to bed early is actually a good idea. But when you're tired, rest up. Don't give up. When you get weary, nourish up. Don't veg out. What do you mean nourish up? Well, we we all know what vegging out is. A number of years ago, Matt came back from Bolivia and he brought with him some DVDs of of the television series 24. Anybody remember that one? Great series. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, that, that, you can hear that sound. Joyce, I can still hear that sound because Matt and I sat there and, and, and binge watched because you could start watching that thing and then you would go, just one more. We'd be up at one o'clock going, just one more. And it was, it, it was fun, but I promise you, after we finished vegging out, neither one of us went, wow, that, that was great. That was refreshing. That, that really felt good. It, it's 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 a vegging out. No, th- there's ways to nourish up. Listen, when you're tired, that is exactly the time that you need to get up and go to church. Because God's people can encourage you. The word in worship can encourage you. You need things that nourish you. Sometimes people are like I just need to veg out. No, I, I need to fill up. Ever ridden on a bicycle that did had that had low tires? You're riding on low tires. Man, you got to pump harder. You're working harder, working harder. Go put some air in those things. And when you put air in them, man, it's, 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 a, it's like a whole different world. You know, in life, it's, it's life. the air runs out of us. We can get tired. Bad day at work, air runs out. Argument with your family members, air runs out. Difficulty, to do, air runs out. Your tires can get low. You need to fill up with something that will put strength in you and will put some Put some courage in you. Say, well, what'll do that? Well, I, I, I'm glad you asked that. Acts 20, 23, Paul is writing, and he said, I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified say, Alan, are you going to get back on reading your Bible again? Yes, exactly what I'm going to do is get back on reading my Bible. Because I know a lot of things don't put anything in you. God's word will put something in you. It can build you up and lift you up. And when you're tired, you need some strength. You need to be nourished. You need to be filled up. And then here's the, here's the last one. So we got, remember, we, we got to rest up, don't give up. We've got nourish up, don't veg out. And the last one is, look up, don't look down. When you get tired is often when our perspective goes negative. George Patton and Vince Lombardi, they debate on who came up with the quote, but one of them said, and they, but both of them said it repeatedly, fatigue makes cowards of us all. And so when you get, when you get down, it's oftentimes when our perspective goes off and gets wrong. She said, well, what what do we do? Well, thank God as believers, we have the ability to look beyond just what's going on. And one of my favorite verses that I I have stood on for years is this. I would have lost heart unless I would believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Listen, when when you're tired, often you can lose sight of the fact that everything starts to look negative and everything starts to look worse. When you're at that time, you can stop yourself and go, no, I believe God's good. I believe in the goodness of God. I believe he's good. He has bailed me out of a lot of stuff. He has helped me. I wouldn't even be where I am now if it wasn't for the Lord helping me in my life. So I know about the goodness of, of God, but I also know about the goodness of God that is to come. And I believe that my best days are still ahead. Say, Alan, how can you say that? As I get older in life, how can I believe my best days are still ahead? I don't say that it's because of my age. I say it because I believe I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's where I'm living here. That gives me something to look forward to. When I was a kid growing up, my dad believed in work days. Work days were Saturdays when I wanted to lay in bed or get up to go watch cartoons. And my dad would come knock on my door wake me up in the morning he'd say up in Adam I hated to hear that <laughs> Up in Adam was the phrase where we're about to work all day like a dog so he would say up in and Adam and I'm, I'm I'm coming out of bed I'm I'm dragging I'm going through I had no energy because I knew there was not a good day heading coming my way But then there were also times when my dad would come downstairs and we were getting ready to go on a family vacation and he would knock on the door, but he didn't have to say up and Adam." I was up already. I was ready to go because I knew there was something good coming. I knew there was something better up ahead. When you believe something better is coming, it can lift you. And even though you feel weary on the inside, you're like, I believe my best days are ahead. It gives me something to be encouraged about. A couple years ago, a young lady by the name of Lee Espada. Lee Espada was a 12-year-old student in New York. And she was getting ready to enter a 5K run, kind of a fun family run. Now, 5K is is 3.1 miles. And Lee, she uh, she was a little concerned that she was going to be late, so her mom was parking the car, and Lee ran ahead. And she got in with the group, and the gun sounded, and she took off, but Lee had gotten in with the wrong group. And instead of being in a 5K, she was in a half marathon, 13.1 miles. She said she knew something was up. After about mile four, she said there was no there was no finish line in sight. And she asked someone that was running. She said, uh, she said, what happened to the five k? And they said, honey, you're you're in a you're in a half marathon. Well, how I many of you think that's a good time to quit? That would be a good time to go. Whoa, whoa! I didn't sign up for this. I'm out. I I am out. Lee kept running, and she just said I I just wanted to finish. Jove, her mom, nuts. Her mom's looking for her. Had the police looking for her. Finally, their mom found her because she had finished, and they gave her a medal for finishing. And not, not only did she finish, she beat about 120 people. When she, Out of 2,000 that were running, she beat 120 of them. First time she'd ever run a half marathon, she said, i just kept putting one foot in front of the other. Listen, in life, sometimes you are running a race, and you feel like this is not the race I signed up for. This is not what I bargained for. And it seems long and it seems difficult. Listen, do not give up. Do not quit. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other. If you'll wait on the Lord, he'll renew your strength. He will help you. And you can believe in the goodness of God and that your best days are still ahead. Can you say amen, somebody? <laughs> Bow your head with me and we'll pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful that you will equip us and strengthen us. And by your spirit, Father, the spirit of power and might, you can strengthen us to run our race. Father, for anyone out there today who's considered quitting on so many things, encourage them, strengthen them, give them hope that they can see your goodness in the land of the living. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you came this morning and said, Alan, I, I don't even have a relationship with the Lord, but I, I really would like one. Or maybe you're, you had a relationship at one time, but you took the wrong path, you got off, and you've been away from God. In your heart, you say, I don't want to live that way. I, I, I want to come back to him. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed and no one's looking around. But if that's you that I'm talking to this morning and you would like our prayers, you want to see that situation changed. I'm not going to have you stand up or come to the front, but I'm going to ask you to do one thing. Will you slip your hand up real quickly across this auditorium? Say, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate your courage. Thank you. Yes, thanks. Hands up on all sides. Yeah, anybody else? Wonderful, thank you. You can put your hand down. We're going to pray. Now, if you didn't lift your hand and you thought, oh, I missed. You didn't miss. This is a heart prayer. We're going to pray this with you. We're going to pray it out loud. You pray it with us so that you can hear yourself pray. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ. Because I said yes to you. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer. Lord, we thank you for those who who come out of darkness into light, for those who simply come back home. Thank you for your forgiveness, your cleansing. Thank you for helping us walk on a path that's right, that you've ordained. Thank you, Lord, that you strengthen us to run our race. We give you all the praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen.